Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. There's a lot of news coming out of the city of San Diego this week related to street vendors, ADUs, ranked choice voting, and more. Union Tribune reporter David Garrick has the details. David, this new street vendor rules went into effect this Wednesday. Um, what are the rules and where and how are they being enforced? Uh, yeah, they're a very comprehensive set of rules. Um, in general, there are certain hotspots where vendors can only operate certain times of the year, uh, generally the non-summer months when there's more tourists. Uh, but in the Gasland Quarter, they're going to be banned year round. Um, so some places year round, some, I, I couldn't give you every, every detail, but that's a general gist is let's try to protect the public spaces that everybody, you know, frequents and not have them overrun with vendors, but let's allow the vendors to become self-made entrepreneurs in places that make sense. City looks at it as a, as a proper balance. There are folks on either side who think, you know, if you're an immigrants rights activist, you feel like it cracks down unfairly on, because most of the vendors are, are immigrants, not all of them, but, but a lot of them are. Um, and then, you know, on, on the other side, if you are a big advocate for, you know, ocean beaches, parks, or Balboa Park, you feel like they, they, they don't go far enough and that they should crack down even more. Yeah, you know, where does the, the public stand? So I know there are the two parties, the vendors, and they're also, you know, brick and mortar storefront owners that are sort of clashing. But I mean, is there any sense of just where everyday people stand on this issue? You know, that's tough to say. I mean, if you base it on, on the emails I get, I think more people want a more strong crackdown. But I mean, I would guess that our readership isn't fully representative of San Diego, you know, as a whole. And there may be a lot of folks in, in immigrant communities who feel like this is, you know, uh, over the top. And I think one reason that me think that is that Vivian Moreno, who represents District 8, which is Barrio Logan and Logan Heights and San Ysidro, she's been the most vocal opponent. She was the only person who voted against this. It was an eight to one city council vote. And she said that it is totally over the top and totally wrong. So I'm guessing in her neighborhoods and the feedback she's getting from her constituents are that the city is, is overreaching and, getting, and going too far. I can tell you the emails I get, particularly from Balboa Park folks and folks even in La Jolla and, and other beach areas uh, are that this doesn't go far enough and that you know, that the vendors have changed sort of the character and the look and feel of many of San Diego's most popular uh, destinations. Uh, do you think these rules are final? Could they be tweaked in the future? Is there anything left to decide? You know, by definition, the council said that they wanted this to be something that they would revisit. Uh, I can't remember if it's legally included in it, but the council members definitely were on the record saying, this is an experiment. We know we probably are getting certain things wrong. You know, there's a rule, I think, that the vendors have to be at least 50 feet apart in certain areas. That number's chosen randomly. Maybe it should be 30. Maybe it should be 70. No one really knows, right? So, I mean, there's lots of things that they're experimenting with, and they know that they're going to make mistakes. But I guess the problem will be when a year from now, when they come to revisit it, how do they base, you know, some things will be obvious. We definitely got that wrong, right? Some things will be like, oh, it's 50-50. Some people think we totally botched that. Some people think that was brilliant. You know, and so there won't be universal opinion on everything. So I guess they'll have to sort of pick and choose and sort of fine tune it and, and update it as time goes on. Uh, also this week, the city backed off on an ADU parking exemption in coastal areas. Uh, what's going on there? Well, the idea is the city really wants to encourage ADUs, which most people call granny flats. Um, and some people find that, that term offensive, but that's what the general person refers to. And that's sort of backyard units, mother-in-law units. There's a lot of names for them. Uh, anyway, the city feels like with the housing crisis, that's sort of the fastest, quickest, easiest way to solve the housing crisis. Get, get blueprints for them at City Hall. You can show up there, have a blueprint for how to build one. You know it's approved, 
and you know it doesn't cost that much money. Uh, the city has waived sewer hookup fees. They've done everything they can to try to encourage the use of these. Uh, you know, but uh, there's been a lot of backlash in some neighborhoods because they do change the character. If there's a bunch of ADUs built in, in a neighborhood, then there's less street parking and there's more noise and there's more trash and there's a lot of things that are different. Uh, the city said, we don't want to require parking for these because that would discourage people from, from building them. Uh, that was the decision they made and that's been in place. However, um, the Coastal Commission, which handles basically uh, land use authority in some ways uh, in all parts of the city that are basically west of Interstate 5, they uh, chimed in and said, you know what? This eliminating parking, uh, not requiring ADUs to have parking with them along the coast is dangerous because we want the Coastal Commission's number one priority is making sure the average Californian, the average person has access to the coast, right? And if, if the street parking on streets near the coast is now going to be taken up by people living in ADUs, right, that weren't there before, then there's going to be fewer places for ordinary folks from the Mesa and, you know, other places when they head to the, the coast to park. So that was their main priority. Not that they thought the city was stupid to like ADUs, but they were worried that those scarce uh, parking spots for ordinary folks along the coast would go away. City decided not to fight them, and they agreed that they would uh, that they would change their rule and they would force you to have a parking spot if you create an ADU along the coast. One caveat is though, if you're in a transit priority area, which means you're near a major bus line or a trolley line, you're exempt. And it turns out that most of the coastal area is in a transit priority area because of course they run the most important buses to the coast because everybody wants to go to the beach. So there are our primary bus lines to OB, to PB, to Mission Beach, right? And so now not every inch of that area is within a TPA, that's a shorthand for transit priority area, but a lot of it is. So the, 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 the change may not come to that much, but the Coastal Commission was aware of that and they said specifically, maybe it doesn't matter today, but we wanna be on the books because this is not going away long-term. And if the, if the size and shape of transit priority areas changes in the future, we want to make sure that parking is required near the beach unless it's in a transit area. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting exemption. I mean, is the thought that people who live near the transit priority areas will be less likely to have cars or because the transit is there, people will, you know, visitors from the outside will be more likely to take the transit? I, I don't think it's the second one, although it's an interesting idea. I think the, the reasoning behind it is that if you're near transit, you may not need a car. And so if we maybe, maybe we don't need to require the developer to put parking in because it's possible the tenant who lives there is going to use the bus to get to work and the bus to get everywhere around. And I think that makes sense in principle, but a lot of folks will talk about how this is not New York City and this is not even San Francisco, you know, that San Diego has a, a, an adequate mass transit and that people really can't afford to give up their cars, even if they take mass transit in some way at some point in their day or their week it's really unlikely that someone can live in San Diego without a car because they have to go to grocery shopping and they have to, there's so many things you need to do. So, I mean, some folks would say it's pie in the sky. Other folks say, hey, we need to become more like New York City and London and Paris. And this is a first step, you know, and I, I see both sides. It's an interesting debate that the city is going to continue to have over the coming decades. Yeah, it's an interesting assumption. Uh, will be interesting to see where it goes. Um, okay, let's talk about rank choice voting, uh, where people can rank candidates instead of voting for just one during an election. Um, the city was considering, a, you know, a ballot measure, but they are going to hold off. Why? Why is that? Um, well, there's not enough support among the council, and uh, you know that's a closed door kind of thing. I mean, I'd love to be inside the the meetings the council members have with their staff about whether this would be good or bad for their own electoral chances. You know, I think that's part of part of uh, I think that's a factor. 
I think generally ranked choice voting is generally embraced as something smart, even bipartisanly, really across the nation. Um, you know, it, it forces pe it allows people to not be forced into that lesser of two evils decision, right? Like, let's say you're a big Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, a couple of years ago, you felt like you couldn't vote for Bernie Sanders because Biden was more electable than Bernie. At least people felt that way. This eliminates that. You can vote for whoever you want, and then. They have an automatic system. There's a, there's a computer program. And if your guy, the person in your first choice is eliminated, your vote transfers to your second choice. So you could have listed Bernie first and Biden second, and then you wouldn't be hurting yourself by, by choosing Bernie. You would have been able to express that you supported Bernie, but you still would end up supporting Biden in the end. That's the sort of the gist of it. Um, I think a lot of people think it's really smart. I think Alaska uses it. There's like several states that use it. A lot of different cities use it. San Francisco has a version. New York City has a version. I think it's the wave of the future. The question is whether San Diego is ready for it or not. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of arguments on both sides. Some people say San Diego elections are, uh, you know, there's too much um, mudslinging and, and angst and, and hatred. And this tends to eliminate that because you don't want to turn people off. If you're a negative campaigner in ranked choice voting, theoretically, people, some people are going to get turned off by your negativity. And you don't want to do that because you've got to finish second on a lot of ballots to win in ranked choice voting. You can't finish last. You have to finish second on a lot of them. So that's one positive they say will come from it. Other folks say that, that, that local elections aren't that rancorous and that it's overstating things. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I think that's something that will probably happen down the road, but it's come up in 2018, 2020, and 2022 now. I've written stories each time. It seemed like it might get on the ballot, and it did fail all three times. So, you know, maybe this is something that won't come. But I will, will say that some of the folks who voted against it said the reason they're voting against it is because they like it and they don't want to put it up when it might lose, right? And they feel like 2022 is a low election turnout. You know, it's, it's not in a presidential election year. And they say that in San Diego, once something gets voted down, people tend to be scared and never even consider it again. So the thought would be, hey, I'm a supporter. Let's wait till 2024. We'll have a larger electorate, more time to build momentum. So maybe we'll see. Well, let's see if that happens. Well, let's make it. Well, in two years, we can do one of these and we'll see if they're saying the same thing again, because I bet they're going to be saying, let's wait till 2026. <laughs> um, are there any major criticisms of uh, ranked choice voting? Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I try the fact that I'm struggling to think of them means I think that they're they're manufactured. I mean, I think it really is a fairer process. Some people will say it's confusing. Some people will say that voters are going to not understand it and they're going to make mistakes and you know that we don't know how it's going to turn out and that there might be unintended consequences but from what i can tell the way it's played out in other cities i mean there's been nuanced things that people say oh this could be better but no one has said oh my god this was such a huge mistake we've ruined everything you know it's never been that bad okay well ending on a bit of welcome news san diego has a couple of new parks tell us about them uh, yeah, one of them is a, a, a mini park in Stockton, which is a neighborhood a lot of people don't know. Stockton is just east of downtown uh, near uh, State Route 94. Uh, but there's studies have shown that there's a, a much less uh, a shortage of parks south of Interstate 8 and south of State Route 94 compared to the rest of the city. Um, they're sort of a, a under um, underserved areas. And so this is an important park to sort of fix that. Um, it was an empty lot and the city turned it into kind of a nice mini park, cost $3 million dollars. I think it's really going to be a welcome addition to the neighborhood. And I think, you know, studies have shown that the neighborhood has a park for people to congregate. Now, it's not a, a magic bullet, but it can reduce gang activity. It can, you know, uh, help children and young people, you know, be more more constructive and, and get less involved in, in, you know, things that are dangerous. So and not always, but, you know, trends tend to indicate that. The other one couldn't be more different. The other one is in uh, basically near Carmel Valley in a new neighborhood called Pacific Highlands Ranch, which, you know, is a 
high income area, uh, but the developer who built a bunch of homes there agreed that they would build this park as part of that and now they're finally moving forward on the park. Okay, um, well, we talked about 101 ash on this program this week. Is there any other big city news that I've missed? Uh, no, and I have to say they're, they're, they, they are gone the month of August. So the next three or four weeks, they'll probably be jamming a few things through before that break. Um, but yeah, I think you nailed everything for this week. Good job. Okay, we'll be watching. David Garrick, city reporter at the UT. Thanks. Thanks.